0: Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order, use code CLUTTERFREE. Again, that's ActiveSkinRepair.com and use code CLUTTERFREE to get 20% off your order. You're listening to The Wannabe Minimalist Show with Deanna Yates, episode number 62. On today's show, I'm sharing 10 lessons I've learned from living tiny. Ever wondered what living in an RV or a tiny home with your family is like? Then stay tuned because I'm sharing my thoughts today, and the last one may really surprise you. Hey there, my wannabe minimalist friend. Welcome back to the show. My name is Deanna Yates, and I am the creator of littlegreenbow.com and the host of this podcast, The Wannabe Minimalist Show. If you've just found this show, welcome, my friend. Grab a cup of coffee or tea and join me for a conversation on what it's like to live with less stuff, but with more life with a family. My mission in life, whether it is through this podcast, my website, my freebies, my courses, or my everyday life is to show you what it means to live like a minimalist and what it doesn't. My passion is to help you keep the items that mean the most to you and let go of the things that are holding you back from that life that you truly want to be living. I am thrilled to be on this journey with you. And speaking of journeys, I just got back from vacation where I lived in an RV with my husband, daughter, and parents. Yes, I might be a little crazy. Okay, so we didn't live long-term in the RV, and it was more of a vacation versus real life where we had to work on the road. But there were some very important lessons I learned while driving down the road in our home away from home that will serve me in everyday life, and I think they will help you too. But before we get to the 10 things I learned from living tiny, I want to remind you that you can find all of the show notes for today and links to anything I mention at littlegreenbow.com forward slash 62. Again, that's littlegreenbow.com forward slash the number 62. There you will also find my latest free resource, the Tidy Home and Vibrant Life Starter Guide. This simple but incredibly helpful guide will show you four easy steps that you can take to create a home and life where you and your family thrive. It's completely free and it's my way of helping you on your journey to creating more meaning out of your life without suffocating under your stuff. And with that, let's go ahead and dive into those 10 lessons I learned while living tiny. Our family, like so many others, was getting a little stir-crazy. I mean, we are used to traveling and seeing the world. If you are not familiar with my story, my husband, daughter, and I have spent two long stints in Europe. One was six months long when she was just over a year old, and the other was over a year and a half long, and it was just before she started elementary school. Since we are dealing with pandemic at the moment, it means that there has been virtually zero travel for us for over a year. The only place we have traveled to is Arizona to visit parents. We were feeling antsy to do something, anything this summer. But plane trips with my unvaccinated daughter are still outside my comfort zone at the moment. So way back in December, I threw out this crazy idea of taking an RV trip with my parents. When I was about my daughter's age, my family took a 10-day RV trip across the Southwest US, and it was an amazing experience. I thought it would be incredible to do the same with my kiddo. I wasn't really sure if my parents would be up for it, but they were, and we spent the next six months planning it out. And that brings me to my first lesson. Lesson number one is to be flexible. I'm not talking about stretching, practicing yoga, or doing the splits, but honestly, that wouldn't hurt for living in an RV. Nope. I'm talking about being able to adapt or adjust to what's happening around you. Holy moly, I did not really know what I was in for when I first suggested this trip. As this was my idea, I didn't want to force my husband into it. So in the beginning, he was planning a solo trip to Colorado to visit with friends, spend some time in nature, and support a friend who had opened a restaurant in the last year. Then the Delta variant started getting all this press and he decided he wanted to stay with our pack. So less than a week before we left, he canceled his plans and he came with us. And I am so happy he did, but we'll get to that in a minute. Not only were we flexible with who was on the trip, we also had to be flexible with where we went mid-trip. Our first couple of nights were rough. I will spare you the details of the full route, but our original plan had been to drive about 150 miles per day, so really only around three hours, and stay in a different destination each night, with the exception of the end of the trip where we spent two nights at the same campground. Okay, that sounds confusing, but it all sounded really great on paper, but in reality, it was really stressful, especially when we were having trouble with our RV. So after our second night, we changed course, we cut out the next two stops, and headed directly to our final destination. Thankfully, we were able to extend our final two nights into a four-night stay, and this was probably the best decision we made the whole time. It gave us the opportunity to relax, unwind, and not have to worry about going anywhere else or seeing something new. When you are living tiny, it's best to have a plan, but know that it's okay to change that plan. It's not really much different in real life. We need to remember to go into things with an idea of how we want it to be and how we want it to turn out, but know that even the best plans need to have some wiggle room so that we can adjust to make things fit with our reality of the moment. So never get so caught up in the plan that you forget to adjust along the way. And remember to be flexible. And that leads me to the second lesson, lesson number two. Bigger is not always better. As a wannabe minimalist, I am fully on board with the idea that bigger is not better. But that does not mean that I don't get tempted every now and again. And this was the case with the RV we rented. When it started out, we rented a 25-foot Class C motorhome. Those are the kind with basically a truck up front and then the bed over the cab. Our daughter was super excited at the idea of sleeping up top, as was I at her age. It looked small and while that would have been more of a challenge with sleeping at night and using the bathroom in such a tight space, especially now that my husband was coming along, it would be more manageable to drive. That meant that I would also be able to drive. So we would have three to four drivers that could take over during those three hours a day. So it didn't seem like that big of a deal. But then the night before we were set to pick it up, we were notified that that 25-foot Class C motorhome rental had been in an accident and it was out of commission. They upgraded us, that's quote, to a 35-foot Class A RV. Now, that's the kind that looks like a big bus with a huge front window, and it was huge. Now, I say upgraded with quotes and kind of sarcastically because at first it seemed like an amazing opportunity There would be more space, which again would be great now that my husband decided to join us. There was an extra half bath and my dad would get to try a class A, which he thought he would prefer. But a bigger RV meant that it would be harder to drive. So I was no longer comfortable driving something that that was that big. That took out myself and my mom wasn't looking to drive that one either. So that took out two of the drivers And then I had to switch out all of our campsites last minute, which became a huge challenge because we were already on the road. I had spotty cell service. I was trying to look all of it up as we were driving down and I was basically calling the places as we were on the way to them. It took more gas to get from place to place because the thing was bigger and it was older. Thus, it had a lot more wear and tear from years as a rental. And those are problems that would exist no matter what. But on top of that, the RV had a few extra special issues. The major one being that the 50 foot amp power cable. So there's power cables that go to these RVs. There's usually 30 amps or 50 amps. And this one being so big needed a 50 amp power cable and it was broken. We drove all over in that huge RV because we did not know it was broken until we tried to plug it in on our first night and we couldn't find a single shop who stocked this cable. We found several 30-amp cables, and that those work with the smaller IVs, but not the big cables. Even driving to Walmart 60 miles out of our way didn't solve the problem like we thought it would. So had we had a smaller RV, that power cable would not have been as big of an issue. We could have picked one up pretty easily and been on with our adventure. I mean, it really probably would have taken us an hour out of our day. Instead, we were stuck looking for something very specific and had to spend our second night in the dark with no AC in the very hot summer heat. Oh, hey, everybody.
1: It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also
0: actors who are also creative beings who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back. It can seem better on the surface and at first glance, but remember that you need to dig deeper into what you want and need. Don't be fooled by big and flashy, even though it can be super tempting. This is always a good lesson to be reminded of. Next time you see something you crave, a bigger house, a newer car, anything someone's touting as their IG life, remember that everything has its pros and cons. Bigger is not always better, and rarely do people share the bad stuff publicly. Do your research and find things that fit your needs, not something that looks good to other people. And that was lesson number two. (laughs) Bigger is not always better. Lesson number three. Everyone deserves space to breathe. When living tiny, you are on top of each other all the time. You're sleeping, eating, pooping, and with an RV, you are also driving to your next destination, all within a small footprint. We discovered it was necessary to give everyone time and space to breathe so that we could all recharge our batteries and not snap at one another. Did I mention that we didn't sleep very well at the beginning of this trip? I think that might've been obvious for my first two points. But giving everyone their own space meant that I let my husband eat breakfast alone outside with his book and coffee while I prepared our daughter's breakfast inside and got her ready for the day. He's naturally an introvert, so no alone time is a big stressor for him. Did I want to spend time with him at breakfast? Yes. Yes, I did. But we had plenty of other opportunities, so I gave him that alone time. I cannot tell you how important this point is. When we are all recharged as individuals, we are able to give back more to our families. So make sure you understand how each person recharges and where they draw their energy from. I'm an extrovert, so I get my energy from other people. But because my husband's an introvert, if I don't give him that time to recharge his own batteries, it's harder for me to get that positive energy out of him, which recharges me. So it's a cycle and it's a circle and we just work together on that. So if you're planning a trip in an RV, looking to downsize, or just looking for more joy in your current home, consider how you can carve out time for each person or give everyone their own individual space, even if that's not really a physical space in the home, but the ability to be alone, whether inside or outside. Happy individuals equal happier families. Okay, lesson number three, everyone deserves space to breathe. Lesson number four, Never underestimate the power of nature. Now that I'm a parent, I get outside much more than if it was just me. Honestly, I have much better habits because I am taken care of and responsible for raising another human. If it was only me and I only had myself to think about, I probably would go for a jog on the beach a few days a week and then stick myself right behind my computer for way too many of my waking hours. However, with a school-aged daughter, we make it a point to get outside every day And since we don't have a backyard, that means that I have to be way more deliberate about it. But this trip, it was all about being outside. That was one of the best things about tiny living. You get cooped up pretty quickly, so you want to go outside more. You actually crave getting out of your house and getting off your rump. And the biggest places we camped were in the Grand Canyon and Bryce Canyon. And the beauty of those places, it takes your breath away. Being in nature helps ground you, it relaxes you, and it reminds you of what's really important. At least it does for me. And it was so rejuvenating to be out in nature that we are planning ways to increase our time outside on the weekends. So if you're feeling stressed, cooped up, or overwhelmed, go ahead and find some time to get outside and just breathe in nature. You don't even have to like go on big hikes or do anything really crazy. Just get out in it and go for a walk. It is Amazing how much it can clear your head and just clear away some of that stress. And that is number four. Lesson number four, never underestimate the power of nature. Lesson number five is making friends can make a world of difference. So on night one, the campsite manager saved us with a power cable. His name was Klaus and he actually was like our personal Santa Claus. I mean, he saved the night for us. We had just pulled up into our spot, and as the daylight was fading away, we realized that our power cable was broken. Our family was so frustrated. I mean, I cannot even tell you. We had packed up the RV in 120 degree weather, and with no AC that night, that probably would have been the nail in the coffin for us. Honestly, if it weren't for Klaus, we probably would have turned around, drove home, and canceled the trip. Thankfully, he found us and had a spare cable for us to use for that first night. We lived to fight another day. Unfortunately, the next day, we had zero luck locating a new power cable, so we ventured on to our next campsite, hoping to be lucky again. Not so much, and we spent that second night without electricity. But thanks to higher elevation, it wasn't quite as hot as the night before, but that still didn't mean we were comfortable. But on that second night, we made our first camp friends. I struck up a conversation with the family next to us, remember I said I was an extrovert, and they were so great. The dad came over to inspect the cable and to give us pointers about keeping our food cold in the fridge, how long we could expect our propane tank to last, and he gave my husband a ride to the general store to look for an adapter as it had started to rain pretty hard so that way we wouldn't have to move the giant RV to go look for some supplies. The next morning, our new friends helped us locate a power cable on our way to our next destination, and they called to have the store put it on hold for us because our sole service was not working at that campsite. But the biggest lesson here was how much just talking to another family and them saying it would be okay boosted our spirits. It was the injection of positivity that we needed at just the right moment That family has no idea that meeting them that night turned our trip around and was the start of us actually enjoying ourselves. The lesson I took away from this was to never let yourself get so down that you don't reach out for help when you need it. Even just the littlest dose of positive encouragement can make a world of difference. Had I simply said that things were fine when they asked how we were doing instead of being honest, we would have continued to struggle that night and possibly for the rest of the trip. Most people are kind, so let them surprise you for the better and reach out for help when you need it. And that was lesson number five, that making friends can make a world of difference.
1: If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts.
0: Lesson number six, organization is key. I wanted our tiny living experiment to go well. So weeks before the trip, I started watching camping hack videos and planning out our menu of meals in an attempt to be more organized. This was a lifesaver, as it alleviated some of the stress from the other parts of our RV living that we were not expecting. At least with having our meals planned out, we didn't have to worry about food throughout the day, as we were already stressed enough about how to get to our next destination, and full tummies make for happier people. The truth is organization and planning make a big impact, whether you're living tiny or not. Not only did we plan out our meals and use camping hacks— The other organization tip we relied on heavily in the RV was to give everything a home. I know I have talked about this on the podcast before, and I cover it in my course, Vibrant Home Academy, and that's because it works. As we packed up the RV with our personal belongings, each cabinet was given a purpose, and only things for that purpose were allowed to be kept there. There were specific spaces and cabinets for our clothes, our toiletries, the books and entertainment items, electronics, cookware, food, tableware, and the outdoor stuff. If it was an RV that we owned, honestly, I would go ahead and label each cabinet and door to make it easier to remember where the things went. Giving everything a place to belong made it easier to find what we needed, and it made it easier to tidy up at the end of the day. Remember, when you're in an RV and sometimes in a tiny home, the dining table becomes someone's bed at night. So we had to keep our flat surfaces clear. This is one of the biggest lessons I have implemented in my home, but it is still a work in progress. If you want to make a big impact on your daily life, my recommendation is to lighten your load by decluttering. Do that first and then give the items that remain a place to belong. And that is lesson number six, organization is key lesson seven is that living tiny reminded me about conservation at the time of this recording we are experiencing the hottest summer on record in the us it's hot and we're in a drought while on our tiny living experiment i was reminded that we do not need a lot to survive or to be happy we lived with one bowl one plate and one set of flatware per person We took super quick showers and we watched how much water we used because there's only so much in the tanks when you're not hooked up at a campground. While I still want more than one set of dishes per person in my home that I use every day because honestly I just prefer to run the dishwasher every night instead of washing them up three times a day because I do cook three meals at home a day, I've started turning the water off while I soap up in the shower. It's a simple change and it's going to make a big impact over time and it doesn't really affect me too much while I'm taking my shower, especially in the summer. So there are things that each of us can do to conserve more. I'm working on cutting back on my water and my energy use, and I would encourage you to examine where you can cut back and conserve resources when possible, too. So that's lesson number seven, living tiny reminded me about conservation. And lesson number eight is to remember to slow down. Do you remember when I said that we changed our plans mid-trip? Well, that's because I had forgotten to slow down. This is a common oversight when planning a vacation. There's not a lot of time, and there are so many fun things to do, and there are so many beautiful things to see. In the beginning, I had planned only one night at each campsite, with the exception of the last two nights, which would be spent in the same place. This was too quick of a pace, and we were exhausted by the end of the day on the first two nights. Of course, we had other things going on, but... It really didn't look like it was going to get better as we continued moving forward. Finding getting settled in the campground was one of the most stressful parts. So not only that, but it felt like we were just spending all of our time driving and not getting to actually enjoy the camping part or spending time with each other. It was so loud while driving that we couldn't really visit on the road either, which I had not anticipated. Thankfully, we pulled an audible in the middle of the trip, changed our plans, and spent the second half actually getting to relax and enjoy each other's company. But this is a good lesson that I'm happily taking with me as we get back to reality. Yes, there are a ton of things to do on any given day, but there is also time to slow down and enjoy the little things in life if I remember to do it. So that's lesson number eight, remember to slow down, and it brings me to lesson number nine, which is Times like this is what makes life worth living. I can get so caught up in striving for a goal, working towards something, planning for the future, or just the everyday busyness of life, that I forget that sometimes the regular everyday living stuff is actually the stuff that's worth living for. Living tiny for the week with my parents, husband, and daughter brought that into full view. We enjoyed playing cards while it stormed outside, and then playing with paper boats in the puddles that the rain left behind. Campfire conversations floated between reminiscing on old times, laughing at jokes or things from the past, and talking about dreams of the future. We took walks and watched gorgeous sunsets. We tried new things like horseback riding and discovered that sheer cliffs make us nervous on hikes. We laughed. We enjoyed each other's company, reconnected with hobbies we forgot we liked, and made lots and lots of memories. And that's really what makes life worth living. So it's the simple things, the little things, the connecting with others, and times like this is what makes life worth living. And lesson number 10, my final lesson, was that I do not want to live tiny full-time. As much fun as we had, this final lesson might be surprising to you. But it's true. I now know that I do not want to live tiny full-time. I said earlier that it's easy to get caught up and dazzled by people touting bigger is better. Well, the same is true for anything, and tiny tiny living is no different. While I thoroughly enjoyed camping and can see us with our own RV or camper in the future, living in a tiny home with my daughter and husband is not something I want to do full-time. For now, I'll stick to vacations, where we can live tiny in short spurts and watch others on home shows or Instagram while admiring their resolve. Instead, I will take these 10 lessons and I will apply them to my everyday life of living like a wannabe minimalist, and that's living with intention and with much less stuff than the average American family. I can still live in a smaller home that fits what we need without needing to go to the extreme on either end of that spectrum. And this final lesson is to find what works for you and your family. If you want to do tiny living, go for it. Um, You know, but if it's not something that really speaks to you, then don't feel bad that you live in a regular size home and just be very intentional about the stuff that you bring into it. And those are the 10 lessons I learned from living tiny in an RV with four adults and one child. It was a great time to recharge, regroup, and remember to live with intention. To recap, the 10 lessons I learned from living tiny that I will take into my daily life are 1 flexible. 2. Bigger is not always better. 3. Everyone deserves space to breathe. 4. Never underestimate the power of nature. 5. Making friends can make a world of difference. 6. Organization is key. 7. Living tiny reminded me about conservation. 8. Remember to slow down. 9. Times like this is what makes life worth living. And 10. I do not want to live tiny full time. I hope you liked today's episode, and if you'd like to continue the conversation, I invite you to come on over and share in the Wannabe Minimalist community on Facebook. The group is completely free, and the conversations over there are really great. I'd love to hear if you ever lived tiny or if you've been tempted to try. Come tell me about it in the Wannabe Minimalist community, and let me know if any of these lessons resonated with you. And if you enjoyed today's episode and have not done so already, please be sure to subscribe to be notified of new episodes wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. Also, leave a review so more people can find us and discover the benefits of a minimalist lifestyle for themselves. Don't forget, if you would like to get your free copy of the Tidy Home and Vibrant Life Starter Guide, which will help you jumpstart your efforts, you can grab it and all of the show notes for today's episode at littlegreenbow.com forward slash 62. Once again, you can get the show notes for today on my website at littlegreenbow.com slash the number 62. The Tiny Home and Vibrant Life Starter Guide is a simple but super helpful guide that will show you four easy steps that you can take to create a home and a life where you and your family thrive. Yes, it talks about decluttering, but that's just part of what you will find inside. It's completely free and my way of helping you on your journey to creating more meaning in your life without suffocating under your stuff. And that just about wraps it up for today's episode. But before I go, I just want to take a minute to thank you for listening to this show. I appreciate that you choose to spend some of your precious time with me and I hope the information I provide is helpful, encouraging, and inspiring. If you have anything you would love for me to cover or to discuss, please feel free to reach out. I'd love to hear from you. Let me know how else I can serve you and the topics that you find most helpful. You can tag me on your Instagram stories. I'm little.green.bow on the platform. Don't forget the dots, please. Or you can email me at Deanna at littlegreenbow.com. Cheers, and I will see you again in two weeks.